Hey, it's John Ireland. You know there is no better way to start your Saturday than with the man who replaced Michael Thompson's hip, Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. Don't miss my show, Mason and Ireland, back Monday at 1, all here on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. The best entertainer. Forget going to the movies. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. So the Clapper was looking at the flapper. Can you imagine how cool that was? Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. That's the great Frank Sinatra talking about the good life. Because that's what it is. And what makes it so precious is actually the fact that we all will die at some point. The sad part is if you die too soon, that you don't get to have the full life. The Romans only lived to be 35 years old. But if you know that's coming soon, you will definitely appreciate the few moments you still have left. It's an important lesson. So in 2007, Steve Jobs changed all of our worlds by introducing at the Mac world, the Apple convention the iphone and in the beginning of that speech he says i've been dying to give this presentation for two and a half years that's how long i've been working on it well if you subtract two and a half years from 2007 when you actually hear him which you're going about to hear in 2005 he's given a talk a commencement speech to the graduating seniors at stanford in 2005 he's working on the iphone as he's given this talk He got the diagnosis of pancreatic cancer. They did surgery, but it's a terminal disease. He thinks he's going to beat it, but he's not. But in the process, like Warren Zevon, enjoy every sandwich. I want you to hear how you should live your life from someone who's facing death. Let's go to Steve Jobs number one. When I was 17, I read a quote that went something like, if you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. It made an impression on me, and since then, for the past 33 years, I have looked in the mirror every morning and asked myself, if today were the last day of my life, would I want to do what I am about to do today? And whenever the answer has been no for too many days in a row, I know I need to change something. Number two. Remembering that I'll be dead soon is the most important tool I've ever encountered to help me make the big choices in life. Because almost everything, all external expectations, all pride, all fear of embarrassment or failure, these things just fall away in the face of death, leaving only what is truly important. Remembering that you are going to die is the best way I know to avoid the trap of thinking you have something to lose. Now he talks about following your heart, what to do with your life. Next bite. You are already naked. There is no reason not to follow your heart. About a year ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. I had a scan at 7.30 in the morning, and it clearly showed a tumor on my pancreas. I didn't even know what a pancreas was. The doctors told me this was almost certainly a type of cancer that is incurable, and that I should expect to live no longer than three to six months. Mm, They told him to get his affairs in order. My doctor advised me to go home and get my affairs in order, which is doctor's code for prepare to die. It means to try and tell your kids everything. You thought you'd have the next 10 years to tell them in just a few months. It means to make sure everything is buttoned up so that it will be as easy as possible for your family. It means to say your goodbyes. This next bite is interesting. He's trying to describe as as a patient what it's like 
to get a biopsy of your pancreas. Next one. I live with that diagnosis all day. Later that evening, I had a biopsy where they stuck an endoscope down my throat, through my stomach and into my intestines, put a needle into my pancreas and got a few cells from the tumor. I was sedated, but my wife, who was there, told me that when they viewed the cells under a microscope, the doctor started crying because it turned out to be a very rare form of pancreatic cancer that is curable with surgery. I had the surgery, and thankfully, I'm fine now. Hmm. How do you face that death, Steve Jobs? Next one. This was the closest I've been to facing death, and I hope it's the closest I get for a few more decades. Having lived through it, I can now say this to you with a bit more certainty than when death was a useful but purely intellectual concept. No one wants to die. Even people who want to go to heaven don't want to die to get there. And yet, death is the destination we all share. No one has ever escaped it. Hmm. It's actually what gives life meaning. Next bite. And that is as it should be, because death is very likely the single best invention of life. It's life's change agent. It clears out the old to make way for the new. Right now, the new is you. But someday, not too long from now, you will gradually become the old and be cleared away. Sorry to be so dramatic, but it's quite true. Mm. And finally, you hear me every Saturday for 11 years. Go find a total stranger. Do something nice for them. Yeah, try to make the world a better place one person at a time. Be you. Don't try to be who people want you to be. You be who you want to be because you only get one journey. Finally, your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. Everything else is secondary. Mm, there it is. Facing death gives meaning to your life. How precious it is every second. Yeah, there are tough times. We all have them. Right now, today in the studio, we have no computers. I don't even know how we're doing this show. That's why I'm telling Will which sound bites to play. You want me to cry about it? I'm not crying about it. I'm so happy to be on the radio so you can hear me preach. I feel like a rabbi every Saturday morning. You are Temple Beth ESPN. <laughs> oh, my God. Let me take you back to my bar mitzvah, okay? I can't tell you what I ate for breakfast yesterday, but I can tell you, at age 13, standing up in front of the entire congregation, by the way, with two parents who didn't believe in God, and I had to read in that ancient language of Hebrew from the Torah. And I remember looking out on that huge crowd. It was like, I felt like Bruce Springsteen in front of, you know, Shea Stadium. It seemed like an endless crowd who didn't understand a single word I was saying. I didn't understand a single word I was saying. But right next to me were these two old guys from the temple who did know what I was saying and couldn't wait to correct me if I said anything slightly wrong. And I remember going, I hate these guys. What is it that's going to make them happy is to point out that I'm making a mistake. The rest of the crowd doesn't even know what I'm talking about. There's plenty of people in your life who can't wait to tell you that you're wrong. But you know what? They're gone and I'm still here. Live your life. The words of Steve Jobs. Exactly. Mm. I can't wait to talk to you about these lessons in the world of sports. He was a Yankee, Lou Gehrig. He played right next to Babe Ruth, the most famous baseball player 
of the 20th century. Nobody even paid attention to Lou Gehrig. He played every single game, 2,300 consecutive games. They called him the Iron Man. It wasn't until Cal Ripken broke his record. But he didn't get the credit in New York because Babe Ruth was his teammate. Finally, Babe Ruth retires. Ah, now he'll get some recognition. Guess who the Yankees signed? Joe DiMaggio, who's the second greatest sports figure in the 20th century. Lou Gehrig could not catch a break, but he kept going and loving every second of it. Coming up next, I want you to hear from Lou Gehrig. It's a man from a million years ago, but what he teaches us is how we should live our lives, just like Steve Jobs taught us, just like Warren Zevon. Clapper vision, I definitely want to get into Patrick Mahomes and certainly want to talk about Anthony Davis and what that x-ray looks like for you to be able to say there's no ligament damage. It's fascinating. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. <laughs> 